Tune in for an exclusive and permanent deal just for you. Get ready to immerse yourself in nature with an ongoing offer of 20% off all Strawberry Cough feminized cannabis seeds, exclusively designed for our valued podcast listeners. When you head over to homegrowncannabisco.com and use code COUGH20 at checkout, that's C-O-U-G-H-2-0. It's time to embrace the power of nature and embark on a growing experience like no other. Hey there, fellow Green Thumbs. Kyle Cushman here, welcoming you to another episode of Grow Weed at Home. Today, we have a very special guest who I'm stoked to introduce. He's a giant in this field. Get ready, because joining us is none other than the soil king himself, Patrick King. Could perlite be a not-so-good addition to your cannabis plants? A question which might shake your potting mix beliefs, right? Adding to this, Patrick, our soil king, will be sharing his insights into the cost of doing soil business. Running a business is never a walk in the park, and when it involves Earth's skin, things get even more complex. Now I know you've seen what's been going on in cyberspace. We've noticed the whispers and decided it's high time we address the Gangier haters out there. It's always important to clear the air, isn't it? So buckle up, folks. We've got a packed show. You're going to learn, you're going to think, and maybe you'll even get the edge you need in growing your best crop yet. Let's get growing. So there he is, Patrick, the Soil King, King, (laughs) welcome to Gua! Woo! Bada boom, bada bing! (laughs) Man, it's good to see you, brother. Grow weed at home with Kyle Cushman and the Soil King. What could be better? Man, it's been a long journey, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but you know, the journey, the longer it gets, the better. It's true. That's exactly it. Right, it gets the better, you know. It's just like, yeah, moving mountains, getting to, you know. I remember, I remember when, I remember when people were starting to cough on that strawberry back in the day, baby. I remember, I remember all of that. You Kyle, remember when times were simple, when, <laughs> when, when we were just some happy hippies living in the mountains. All of our, all of our friends grew weed and made made their living off of it and it was a good living and everybody so, so basically everybody was generous yeah, um, I, there was there was free weed for the people who didn't have money in the dispensaries community you remember that shit I, it was all about that it was like you remember the emerald cup up in the hills all the community events we used to have when it was a barter trade system like money really didn't matter we'd all come together we'd have great shrooms we'd have ointments and medicine we'd have glass blowers uh, food suppliers right everybody's making their honeys all their infused honeys all this stuff and it was uh kyle what you got today well i got some strawberry cough kyle you i got the baddest tomatoes grown in the baddest living soil on the planet you take one bite of it and it's, i get some uh, trade me that's what it was about yeah man yeah well we're all living in the future now and uh the weed's still good that's one good thing yeah, yeah. and it's got two communities I'm gonna, I'm gonna light up in uh, in honor of a couple of our missing friends, and that's uh, good old Monty and good old Frenchy. And what about yeah? I mean, Monty. I mean, and Eddie. Come on now, you got the whole wall, of Eddie, right there. All I was leaving that for you to add in, man. Come on, man, Monty. Oh God, man. I'm telling you, we had some. Yeah, man, blessed. So, 
<laughs> so I like to I like to do a ceremonial toke sometimes and, and invoke their names and just bring them into my presence a little bit, you know. Just we're speaking about the olden times, man. It seems so far ago. It was like ten years ago. Ten years ago, the world was truly a different place. Just um, years ago, it was. Yeah. yeah. And and all in the sake of not wanting to lock people up, but uh, so I dig. Let, let, let's get past this. Let's. I want to introduce you to whoever out there might be listening or watching this episode of Grow Eat at Home, and to let them know that um, you've been doing this for an awful long time. Yeah. And can you explain the importance of organic soil in cannabis? I mean, it's really, really easy. Let me ask you a couple of questions, Kyle. Okay, this is what I this I'm gonna actually go past Kyle. Whoever's listening and needs to hear this. Okay, first off, it's synthetic versus organic. Why is that? You know, it, it it's not it's not one or the other. It's that synthetic had its it had the glory, you know, fountain for so long, and we got kicked under the rug constantly. And I had enough. I still respect synthetic cultivators. I'm just telling you, I know how, I know something better with better results. I'm and, specifically talking about the soil because okay. you know, you know me. Yeah. I use I use a commercial soil. No, and, you. And and and, and you're you're not going to badmouth me, but <laughs> I want to know some of the finer points of what I'm not getting. Yeah, so I mean, it goes back to what the questions I was gonna I asked you, and this is a this is a common question and common things that happen. It's it's like when you go out to dinner, and you're you go to a fine restaurant, you know, you got your lady, you got whoever you got with you, and you see this, you know, if you're not a vegan or if you're a vegan, it doesn't matter what you're ordering on the table, right? You got some really crunchy veggies. You got some polenta. You got some really cool stuff. Or if you want that big USDA steak that's, you know, is it important to you to have a grass raised? This is beef that melts in your mouth or veggies that melt in, melt in your mouth. That feels good, right? When we go to and we're eating out like that or going to the store and going to the organic section and starting to produce, pull that organic product. And what I have to say is why doesn't, why don't people use that consciousness, consciousness, when they're going to a dispensary and choosing their cannabis, but they'll take, you know, they'll go to the gym, you know, we're getting, we're doing everything we can for health. Or we're getting old. We're trying to live longer. We're trying to feel healthy and get up and still work so hard. And we're feeding all this good stuff and trying to be health conscious. And then we go to a dispensary and that just goes all out the window. Why is that Kyle? Well, I'm with you. I mean, look, I just, uh, I just took part in a judging of a local, uh, cannabis cup and i honestly i had to drop out i couldn't judge it because i couldn't smoke any of the weed yeah. literally i couldn't smoke it been there um and i should have known better but i didn't um but like so i don't know i just i, I mean i'm like specific like do you have a problem you happen to be one of the very few people who has a business that makes custom soil blends, correct? Yeah. So that's one of the big things that, that I think is really uh, unique you bring to the, uh, the table. Um, yep. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm a customer. I'm used to using, buying pallets of Promix. 
Very. Uh, what would you? What are you going to suggest? I'm going to. I'm going to say first. I'm going to say if you're if you are using ProMix, Kyle, and you are having success and you're pretty comfortable with what you're producing, don't throw that out the window and start a whole nother run of a new way of learning organics and living soil. Respect. Don't do that. Take a section of that. Soft launch yourself into it and really start feeling the vibe of, of how it is, right? When you're, when you're buying a bag of soil and you're using it 10 plus times rather than throwing your pro mix out every run, common sense pretty fantastic. tell you that your, your pennies are now building up in your pocket. Okay? So, so, so you don't have a problem with somebody starting, like me, starting with a nice neutral base and then building it up into something much more than that. Correct. I want you to be successful and happy. If you're going, if you're, if you're jumping into this cultivation, whether you're growing one plant or a thousand plants, if you're really jumping into this, I want to see you successful out the run because too many people hit a road listening to others and collapse. So if you have something that works for you, don't throw it out the window. And if you want to try more conscious cultivation, responsible cultivation practices with, you know, uh, fungi, uh, biology, you know, and we start we start working that, don't jump all in because it's not as easy as everybody says. If you have a system that works, stick with it. If you want to change that system, start beta testing on a small level and start changing your growth patterns over. Smart man. Yeah. I want okay. To- what about... Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, soil composition and what makes, you know, a good soil. Uh, break down some of the key components in the soil composition that, that, that cannabis loves. Sourcing, 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 sourcing. When you, when you start getting better sourcing of inputs and materials, you, you, you start having better, less problems with your plants. Okay. What materials do you choose? Do you choose cocoa? Do you choose peat? Do you choose rice hulls? What do you, you yeah, use? What is your choice? It goes back to this. It goes back to a cannabis plant is, an, is typically an annual plant. I mean, it's not a perennial, even though you can get it to grow as a perennial. A tomato is a perennial, but it's really an annual. So you have a small amount of time to produce the best quality and best yield you possibly can. Therefore, you need the three essential elements are most important. Throw everything away, organic, synthetic, I don't care. You, you need foods, proper food source, a healthy food source, right? You need enough water. Most importantly, number one is oxygen. Hey, those plants aren't going to grow when you have compact soil. If you're not, if you don't have oxygen in your root zone, those plant, your plants are, are going to, they're going to, they're, they're not going to do their job. And with living soil and organics, you are producing soil that you're growing soil that produces a plant. In theory, your root zone should be bigger than the plant above. Heinz, that's why I love cultivating indoors, outdoors, uh, especially indoors with living soil in beds. So, I mean, those three elements you got to keep in your mind. If you are pouring your water on top of your soil and your water's running completely off, there's, there's a sign that you probably got too much hard pan in there. Or maybe. So, give us, give us some of the key components yeah. in, a, in a good soil mix. So, we, I, I, there's, there's, 
like he, when you say good components, peat moss isn't sustainable, right? So we got to we got to figure out replace replacement. Good peat moss is a good component, man. It just it works, right? Peat moss is it. Choir against sourcing. Everybody says there's you know sustainability comes in cocoa choir bullshit. Like look what they're doing in Sri Lanka and everywhere else. Look at the the cocoa craze look at where it has to go through look at the containers it's putting on look at the pressure someone once told me that two-thirds of canada which is un unhabitable is peat bogs hmm. i source my my peat from canada instead of other places like the uk because of the the amount of replacement they do they do like 20 30 times what they take out in certain areas they put back but you can't the problem is you you can't dig out peat that's hundreds of thousands of years old and put 50 trees in its place and think it's going to do the same job. No, 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 of course not. It's a good sell, but it really isn't fair, you know, and how dumb are we to really believe some of that stuff? So the problem we've been having with a lot of peat is on the, a lot of the other mines is, is now that we're getting deeper. Well, first off, Canada, where the peat grows, is in a drier climate zone. So they've been having droughts. So they, they've been stopping the production of peat because of fo the forestry. You can light that peat on fire, it'll never go out. Like it's millions and billions probably cubic or cub per cubic foot acres, right? I mean, it's just like massive amount. And once that stuff ignites, it's like infernal that you can almost not put out. So the government shuts it down on that. But the other problem we've been having is finding things like low, heavy levels of arsenic. In peat, the peat. When, once you dig too deep or dig to in areas that are dirty, you start pulling up different things that have been sitting in there for a long amount of time. And the other part about peat moss, with being a living soil guy, is we you know we have we have a you know these. I forget how old these peat bogs are, so I'm not going to quote it. But I mean, they're hundreds of thousands of years old. Think of the biology. Think of the bacteria that's in there living for that long. And what they do is they pull all that peat out. Then they sterilize it with steam and they kill it all off and send it. I just want some raw material. Just give me that life form that's a hundreds of thousands of years old, right? Let, let me start <laughs> working with that, culturing that, bringing that back. Right. You know, that'd be interesting. Well, uh, tell us a little, tell me a little bit of, tell everyone a little bit about um, some of your Soil King products and, and what makes them stand out. Yeah, Big Roots is is we got peat moss, we got cocoa choir, right? So the choir and the and the peat moss is you know I, I check everything I I'm sourcing it ruins me actually because I source too much and I find all these problems and then I got to try to figure out to go around them and it costs more money. But uh, like I use peat, I use uh, pumice. I don't believe in in perlite. I do I believe in perlite in a nursery application, but perlite's just a mess. And being a soil guy. Uh, you know, perlite is, is for me and, and, you know, a lot of my competitors, which a lot of them are going to say, this is bullshit, but I call it like it is. I'm an owner of a company and I know the other owners of the companies and, and, uh, perlite is, it doesn't weigh anything. So if I put a third of a bag of perlite in a one point cubic foot bag and I stack it on trucks, full truckload, send it across the country. I can get a third more weight on that thing. That means a third more pallets. That means a third more bags to sell. That means my. Well, what's the problem? What's the to ed educate us? What's the problem with perlite? So perlite breaks down. Perlite 
Perlite breaks down. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a nuisance. Hold on a second. Hey, I'm on podcast. <laughs> I ten times before I come in here. They got grinders and vacuums going. All right, let me ask you again. So, so, so what's the what, what's the problem with with perlite? I thought it was made from rock. How is it environmentally unfriendly? Because perlite floats to the top. Everybody buys a bag of soil and throws it away. It ends up everywhere. It's a nuisance to our society. It's uh, the watersheds, it, you know, all the way up when we were doing the Emerald Triangle, all the watersheds were plugging up with nothing but perlite running off the mountainsides. The fish were dying. I mean, it, if you, if it, and, and after your run, it breaks down and it's useless. So as a soil manufacturer, it's awesome because you got a guy like Soil King who uses pumice that's a third heavier than anything else he has in, and they're putting in a third uh, lighter. So the volume, you know, I get a third less volume on a truck, they get a third more volume on a truck. So financially, business sense, it makes all the sense in the world. Environmental friendly, it's not. If you're a guy that is starting to do living soil, you want to use products that will last. Right, I, I, we talked about the three elements and oxygen being the most important one. I got soil that's 13 years old. I just, I just got rid of beds that were seven. I could stick my hand all the way down into these beds still, seven years later, full of oxygen, just flush. Perlite would have been gone, and the rain would have washed whatever it could to the top, and it would have been nothing but a white nightmare. And so most people grab all that, they throw it down, the, they put it in the back of their truck, they, you know, they put their pots in, they drive down a road, and they throw it on the neighbor's property down a hillside. Like, we got to quit throwing, consciously, come on, I mean, not only responsibly, but just, if you just think about this, buy a bag of soil, put it in a pot, do one run, throw it away, common sense tells you you're fucked up to think like that. We need to reinvent our industry in thinking of things for longevity. We want to add value to the planet. We don't want to keep taking away the value of the planet. So, yeah, that's another thing. Absolutely. You know, sourcing. So, the so I saw you've also got some uh, some nutrient mixes on the shelf recently. I do, yeah. I've got, I've got King Kashi. I've been working on King Kashi compost for a number of years. And what I really wanted to really make is a really high-end uh, Kashi blend, which was... So what a, does that do? That Does that bring bacteria back to your soil? Oh my gosh. And not only that, I I, I, I fermented 30,000 gallons of EM1 on top of 1,100 yards of Soil King made highly selected input compost and cooked that thing down, right? I cooked it at no more than 145 degrees. Once once I cooked it, I kept it below 145 degrees so we wouldn't kill the biology that is in there. Um, so after doing it, for me, it's like you get testing from a compost or a soil. Nobody does biological assessments. They're not checking your fungi count, your bacteria to fungi you know, balance. They're not looking for nematodes. They're not looking for protozoas. And those are the really things that you want to look for. And a lot of a lot of compost that's made can't grow that type of stuff because if you really started digging within what was in the compost that was provided, it's toxic. It's salt on a slug. There's things that just can't live in the environment. We, you know, and it goes into a deeper discussion of, uh, uh, you know, recycle 
uh, I always talk about municipality uh, dump sites. They're, they, they, it's, it's like, it's recycle is awesome. We're just, we, it's a, it's a money making machine for these mafia type individual, you know, waste management all across. So what they do is they say, Kyle, I'm going to provide you a garbage can. You're going to give me, uh, you're gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna pay me for that garbage can. In fact, you're gonna take it out to the curb for us. We're a dirty ass country, Pat. We are a dirty ass country. Dirty ass country, man. And so everything you throw in that can, I'm gonna bring it back and tell you, uh, I'm gonna make compost out of it, and I'm gonna sell it back to you. Think of the things that go into it. Think of it just. Street sweeper in San Francisco dumps into the compost municipality. What does a street sweeper in San Francisco pick up, Kyle? Like I said, we're a dirty ass country, man. Come on, do you want to take that and bring it back to your property? Do you want to put that in a five gallon pot and grow your beautiful cannabis out and consume it? No, man, you don't. You have to be conscious of sourcing. Sourcing has to be clean. Has to be clean. You have to know your sourcing. Like we are, we are bad. Cannabis industry. There's no segregation in agriculture, right? Cannabis industry is is not even a percent of agriculture, but it's the most impactful and the most necessity part of agriculture. And the reason why is they set our testing limits bar so high that agriculture didn't think we would ever be able to pull this shit off, and we've pulled it off. We cleaned it up a lot, and especially when California started on when we started testing. Well, now guess what? It's a backfire on agriculture. Now we're doing it at a level that is unreachable, and we're doing it. And now the rest of the world of agriculture is getting called out for their dirty, you know, their dirty cultivation, their dirty products, their manipulation. I get it, man. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't eat a cookie or a bread in this country without getting glyphosate, glyphosate. You know, certified, well, certified out organic, Kyle. Come on, what's a fucking joke? CDFA is not even testing for heavy metal limits. Okay, let's bring this back down. Yeah. Okay. Bring it back down to the earthly level of. Here we go. We're, we're living in the circle, and you know we we like uh, we're, we're we're living in the neighborhood, and we're 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 just we're just a we're just a novice new grower, and you know uh, they they listen to Kyle Cushman's advice and they watch his podcast, so. And they they go on his website and my not my website they go on they go on homegrown cannabis co and they they check out all the, the the learning reference and maybe they'll think about buying some seeds and think about growing yeah um, these people are from all over the world yeah. and um, so as an experienced man I want you to give some uh, practical advice. To, to newbie growers. Yeah, very easy. Right? Don't overcomplicate it and quit listening to all your friends on social media, number one. <laughs> number one, right? Watch Kyle Cushman, number two. Right? He, the, the pulling in the talent he's going to pull in with this. Like, his mission has always been to teach cultivation. He's always been. And now, I, I know this cat right here. We've had serious conversation. We spent time together. And I know what he was looking for and what he was trying to do. And he didn't realize how to execute it. But right now, he's executing because Kyle's an educator. 
Kyle's a teacher. He always has been a teacher. He's always been an influencer, right? My dad was a teacher. I'm a teacher. You know, it was funny when I realized, uh, when I started working for Oaksterdam University in Oakland, and I realized that I actually enjoyed teaching maybe even more than I enjoyed growing. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, my dad was an English teacher for, for many, for, that's what he did for his career. And I think it might be genetic. I think so. I mean, you've always been in, in our space, you know, a leader, somebody to look up to. So, I mean, you're still doing it. So going back now to where you were just a year ago compared to where you are right now, you're back on the same channel of, you know, the wavelength of where you're supposed to be. And I love the show, man. I'm watching this and I'm just like, oh, my boy, like, he's doing it. Like, I, he's doing I, it for the people. High times and you standing up there giving away uh, Eddie Lev. I mean, it was a bunch of them, actually. I've seen you up on the stage, I, you know, and just like, yeah, you're a force to be reckoned with. I'm, I'm glad to know you. Oh, thank you. I'm just, I'm honored to be able to be a voice in this, this community, you know, as long as I take care of the cannabis community, the cannabis community yeah. will take care of me. Yeah. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so um, in the pre-show before we, before we pressed record, uh, you were saying that you got some, uh, some, some, some stuff coming up, some places you're traveling to. What do you want to, what do you want to tell us about? Yeah, I got, so I let go of a lot of things. And I decided that I need to create my circle of people like me and keep it smaller and start moving in a different direction. And, and I look at the path of where the last few years has led our industry. And I think for me, it was all meant to happen. So there's new beginnings in my, in my line. So um, I too am an educator, right? I uh, was one of the original 12 for the Gangier. Uh, yes, pardon me for not bringing that up. We had a great show on that last week with Derek. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so that was really my, you know, I've done a lot of teaching. I've done a lot of things that was a really building the curriculum to that program with, you know, like-minded people, Frenchie Cannoli, Swami, uh, just oh, what, what memories, man, what a great thing to be a part of. And, uh, and yeah, you know, like I said, a lot, you know, not everybody understands, not every. it's not even about understanding, not everybody. Look to some people, cannabis is a widget. It's a business. It's an opportunity, yeah. and that's not that shouldn't be a bad thing. No, you know, right. you can make it a bad thing if it's a bad person. But if yeah. it's a good person looking to further, uh, you know, cannabis availability and 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 good thing, you know. But not everybody. Uh, so when everybody kind of wants to make fun of the Ganjier course, like who would pay to learn these things, or or if you pay for that course. It's not worth it if you don't suddenly get a job off of it. What they don't understand is it's worthy just to want to learn the background and the history and the culture so that if you want to get into this on any level, you have something to say about it. You have a foundation. It's like going to school for anything else. And let me tell you what, you can't go and learn these things just anywhere else. Are you ready to take your cannabis cultivation game to the next level? Well, hold on to your buds because we have an amazing offer just for you. Are you familiar with Strawberry Cough? This legendary strain has delighted cannabis enthusiasts worldwide with its mouth-watering flavor and uplifting effects. Lineage? Sure, let's dive into it. Strawberry Cough is a delicious cross between strawberry fields and haze. Its distinct strawberry aroma and sweet taste make it a favorite among connoisseurs. Now, here's the exciting news. 
we're offering a fantastic deal on Strawberry Cough Feminized Cannabis Seeds. You'll receive 20% off your purchase on any pack size of these seeds when you use code COUGH20. That's C-O-U-G-H-2-0. That's COUGH20 at homegrowncannabiscode.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to grow your own strawberry cough. Whether you're a seasoned cultivator or a newbie looking to explore the world of marijuana horticulture, these feminized seeds will set you on the path to aromatic success. Visit homegrowncannabiscode.com today and select from their wide range of premium cannabis seeds and maybe take advantage of 20% off your strawberry cough seeds when using code COUGH20. Happy growing, folks. Get ready to savor the tantalizing flavors and uplifting effects of Strawberry Cough, a strain that deserves a spot in every cannabis enthusiast's garden. Check out homegrowncannabiscode.com now and seize this offer before it's gone. So for me, what I got out of it, right, I, I, I was able to go into Air, Airbnb, Airbnb mansions in Marin. So I think it was 2017. We were starting to do it around 2016 when you were on the smokers and I was on the, what was it called? The smoke, anyways, before that. But then we coined this thing. The and high rollers. We, oh yeah, high rollers. And so we, uh, it was to be able to sit with these influencers inside you know, for two or three days at a time in these Airbnbs with whiteboards and film crews all around us. And we all had something to say, right? And we were all, we all loved each other because we knew each other, but we never sat down and spent a lot of time with each other. So it was yelling and screaming. It was arguing over words. It was, you know, a hash is not, is, is not hash. Hat Frenchie's hash. I grow hash. You guys sift. You sift, I'm leaving right now. If you call it hash again. Did you guys did you guys have an argument about the word Keith? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like it was uh, you know, but we all had to come down and learn. But it was being in that environment was really, you know, it was mind blowing and awakening. Special. I learned so much and it was so needed in my life. But the the concept that we went together, and I'm gonna let some stuff out. We went in this thing to teach our methods and come with a curriculum and a course that would change cannabis world forever because we are up against a high times rock, we'll call it, right? Whereas THC numbers were everything. Appalachians meant nothing, right? And terroir meant nothing. Nobody knew any of this that we've been talking around for so long. And we're consuming the entire product and understanding the full effect of complete compounds, right? What all the elements to the smoke actually does for you. Just, you know, so it was, we couldn't get out. It was like people weren't buying our bullshit. So we created a curriculum to be able to create students around the world in order to get our messaging out because it was so important. And so the, what I got out of the program and being part of it is that I was able to understand that I don't know everything and I'm amongst a bunch of people just like me that really need to shut the fuck up and learn how to speak each other's language and listen up. And it was great. Um, and the biggest thing I got out of it was the students I have worldwide now. We have, I have access and I've built, uh, we've built a family of network that's worldwide and we're all sharing and talking this, the, all the same language. In fact, our graduates are smarter than us now. They have taken, they have taken the initiative to themselves to create the additional curriculum that we never did. 
we were supposed to come out with more education. The whole idea was we would build this first launch of a season, then we would come out with extended education and more of this. The program never did that. And so our students are now are, are now going out and above and creating a lot of stuff that's just mind-blowing to me. So I have these relationships. I talk to people all over the world now, and I ask them questions, right? We go on Zoom meetings, and, and I want I, I don't have an answer to some. I can call one of these guys, or I can go on a Zoom meeting with 20 or 30 of them, and correct you know, we could come up with the, with the answer to that. And so I'm not knocking the program at all. I, if you haven't taken it, it's really worth it. Um, you know, but guys like me, are, we're, we're working on programs to do extended education. I'm going to further this. I'm working with the College of Niagara. I'm doing a bunch of other pro- programs. I'm, I'm a freelancer. So if there's anybody out there in the educational era out there that really wants uh, – a guy like me, you know, um, I'm willing to sit down. I am a teacher too, Kyle. It's what yes. my passion is. It's my passion. It's what I want to do. And I also learn a lot. I'm, I'm one of those guys that can, can listen. And I the things that I did yesterday don't apply to today. And that's the beauty of education, right? I made lots of mistakes that I would told you, you know, five years ago. Oh, this is for sure the right stuff. This is the way. I would never do that today, right? So I, uh, I'm i like a sponge and I absorb the knowledge and I freely give it away, you know, on. So, yeah, that's yeah, what... man, that's... The, 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 it's all culture to me, you know? It's... Uh, uh, the whole thing is... Uh, it's... Uh, culture is alive. It isn't just about history. And uh, it's important to... Uh, to bring some of the noobs in. You got to bring some noobs in every now and then. Yep. And some of them get inspired and they become OGs as well. Totally and, it. and without that, without that, the culture dies and we end up just like uh, with an injectable, clear, odor, odorless liquid with special added terpenes. And, <laughs> and nobody smokes a joint because inhaling smoke is bad for your health. And so, yeah, it's important. People like you, are, are really important to our culture and and that can't be understated and um, I pioneering isn't easy right outlaws to pioneers that's the mission we are outlaws to pioneers and I can tell you right now is that I'm not pioneering as much as I am as I used to right but I am turning over the baton to the, so if you're out there listening to this and you're listening, everybody talks legacy. They're talking these guys. Kyle's been around with Strawberry Cough for 40 decades now or something like that. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, you really have to understand that the world is – what we saw as cannabis is totally different to now. Now the entire world is at your beck and call. And you guys out there that are hustling and educating and doing things and creating different mythology to cultivation, you are the real new pioneers. We're not. We're handed over the baton. We need you to carry the message and keep going. It's up to you. You, yeah. So when you think you don't have it and you're not going to be a legend, you are at the beginning of this industry, which just started worldwide. Like, that's it. So, yes, it's up to you. It's not so much up to us anymore. Yeah, man. It's not, it's just a way of life. It's, I, I don't even, it, the, the, the industry of it has been so rough. You know, I lost, me and Susie, we lost Vega Matrix. We had to close that up after 10 years. Um, I honestly, 
truly, honestly, I haven't sold weed in like almost a decade. I like, I still barter a little bit with my friends and my family and stuff. I give it away, but man, I've been out of this game because, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's a competition now. It used to be a competition like for fun. The competitions were for fun. We would go and we'd meet up at the high times competitions and it was for yeah. bragging rights and it was a reason to get together. Yeah, but exactly. now it seems like everything is a competition and everything has become uh, a race to the dollar gram. And I'm just, I'm happy not being a part of that. I grow at home for myself and my family and you know, and I and I and that's how I keep it simple. But uh, and the way I keep the way I keep my my soul alive is by trying to enrich the culture by yep. doing these shows, by showing up every now and then at events that you that that, that you sponsor stuff like that, yeah. and uh, and just uh, being the old uh, OG that I am. Yeah, necessary. So necessary, man. Educating. I mean, it's where it's at. Me too. I just, I just walked away from Northern California, the Soil King Garden Center. I handed over the keys uh, this week. I walked away, and that will never be a thing ever again. And that was so hard because we built an empire off of that garden center, the the events that we've had there, the stuff. So this industry has beaten me down as well, right? And losing everything. But I could tell you this, Kyle, there's a lot of new beginnings right now. And a lot of that stuff was was meant to happen, but it was also meant to finish in order for me to move forward into a different light and do different things. I'm going over to New York, right? I have cultivation, five acres outdoor and a bunch of stuff that's happening. I don't have- Damn. I don't have a lot of time anymore, right? I got still have my businesses and my, you know, Rosin Tech Labs and, you know, the, all that stuff and Seed to Soul, which was I was the first micro license given in California, type six solventless, you know, uh, shit, Ice Hass Factory. I was rocking it. I did all the fields. I was doing turp hogs back then, doing all of ours. I, you know, I was killing it when this industry started and I gave all. And uh, there's nothing left for me on the West Coast right now, except for being an influencer and educator, right? And to be able to take take the knowledge of how California fucked it up and make sure it doesn't happen in other areas. That's pioneering. That's yeah. educating. And that's where I need to be. So I need to be in, in making sure that we're protecting craft, farm, small no farm. No doubt. Right? I'm going to head back east myself. Hear that, Susie? <laughs> and then uh same with me I'm a, I'm, i haven't honestly i don't give a fuck who's listening but you know i i have my weed now and i'm slinging weed and i'm feeling comfortable i got you know i'm growing mushrooms right like this is a whole new era going on right now and uh and it feels good because i'm going back to where i began right right i feel and, you i, I feel that boxes right now and i'm opening bags and i'm qualifying cannabis man that's powerful that's powerful right it's powerful and so hey man you know i am what i am that's outlaw, good, for, pioneer, good that's, enough for me pat well you know you go back outlaw once you're a pioneer maybe you gotta pull that outlaw shit again once in a while i don't know i think i've been domesticated man <laughs> you know there's an old saying i think it was an old country song it said uh 
Everybody should live in New York for a while, but leave before it makes you hard. And everybody should live in California for a while, but leave before it makes you fucking soft. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I, I, I moved to Arizona, you know that? That's about three years ago. I mean, I've, I've been in California more than Arizona in the last three years, but my in my home, my license plates say Soil King, Arizona. I had to get out of it. I just had to, it was too hard to do business in California it made it impossible and I I was I was depressed and just fighting to stay alive and I'm worth more than that Kyle so are you you know exactly because we talked about we talk about I'm ready to get out of LA man LA has become smell a for me yeah I uh, still got a smile on my face I live in a beautiful place and I got a beautiful family and uh, but yeah the time is getting the time is getting right for uh, for me to pick up my roots and resettle yeah. Not sure where yet. You come hang out with me. You're already out here. You guys are We need out. a compound. Yeah, right. We, we need, need a Cushman King compound. Yeah. Hey, man, let's go. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, you know what? That is it. That, that that's, could be the reality, and it could be a next. In fact, I'm sure it is. Like, I've been looking for my last property, and my last property has to be seasoned. It has to talk to me. It has to have someone like me that's touched the earth, walked on it barefoot, fruit trees, you know. I'm, I don't need a whole cannabis compound. I'm fucking right. over that. I did all that. I need a homestead that I can have my my breeding section in the greenhouse. I can yeah, do man. flavors for home. I have all my my animals, you know. I'm I'm I, I'm not eating my I'm not eating my can my animals, but they're making soil with me, right? They're needing the land, they're regenerating, you know, they're Some doing goats it. and chickens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's the homestead next time and it's the ganja goats. You gotta watch the goats, man. They like to eat cannabis. I love goats. I love goats. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I'll eat the bumper off my Corvette if I allow, you know. <laughs> oh man, what have not? What have we not touched on today? We, I think we've talked about everything: life, love, and religion. How about uh, how about uh, how about green and sober? I'm fucking still rocking that, man. Like uh, Cali, what do they call it? Cali sober. I go. I went to a to an AA meeting this morning. Like, I do that. You know what I mean? I'm all about it. Like, I'm recovered. I'm a recovery. Oh, good for you, man. Recovery. But I also smoke cannabis. You and gotta, how can you not smoke cannabis? Cannabis is medicine. That's what I'm saying. But it's a, in recovery, it's a whole different thing you have to be really careful of. So I'm very proud. I'm very proud of it. I also live in a lot of fear because the last thing I'd want to do is take take a brand new recovering addict that needs to be really abstained from everything and him think that him going out there ripping some bong hits is going to be okay because Soil King does it. And next thing you know, he's dead on on some, you know, hard dope that's hitting the streets and killing everybody, right? And so I, I have to be really, I got to walk that fine line of, uh, you know, who can, who, I don't go to a meeting and tell them I, I smoke weed. I'll never do that. Right. I'll never do that because that's irresponsible. But what I will do is I will come home and I will, you know, take, I don't smoke a lot of weed during the day. I like to, I like to work my ass off, but I can't shut this. You guys hear how loud I am and how the shit I'm talking right now. I can't shut this thing off unless I get high. I, it's medicinal for me. I can't sleep. I can't shut it down, but I can because I have a tool and it's called cannabis. It's called, it's called 
clean cannabis. And that's another thing we talk. Being a snob sucks sometimes. I go to these events and I'm like, everybody wants to smoke their weed. And I'm like, it's all about, you know, everybody thinks that just because they flush their weed, that it's all good, man. It's all about heavy metals and synthetics is loaded with heavy metals and crappy organics is loaded yeah. with heavy metals. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so that's where I'm at. And uh, <clears throat> I can only smoke shit that I can inhale and exhale. And the only time I cough is when I take too big a hit. I don't, I don't take big hits anymore. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to cough. I don't hold it in. I smoke my, my, you know, it's crazy. We smoked some good weed in Kansas City, though. That was shocking. Remember that? There was some. That was amazing how much organic weed there was there. Yeah, it blew me away. I was, I was like, okay, who's got some more weed over here? I was really impressed. So where's the next event? Where, where, where are you flying me out to next? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I have a, I have the College of Niagara. Uh, on January eighth uh, and 9th, I'm a keynote speaker with a bunch of doctors and lawyers. I got, I'm working on an educational program out there on the on the property I'll be cultivating next year. Oh, that's fucking cool! Site a whole new curriculum program um, that we'll be writing on. Um, so I'll be hopefully the idea would be I'll be instructing in a classroom environment and going taking my students once or twice a week for application on the farm. That's Remember, no cursing at the university. <clears throat> no, I thought about this. I'm a keynote speaker. And if you, right, so I'm about ready to launch you. I'm, I'm, I got all these professors and doctors and, and really, you know, a lot of geniuses that are all key, keynote speakers. And then here's Soil King, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't do PowerPoint presentations. I'm probably going to talk about heavy metals and, and clean sourcing, so I'll have a little PowerPoint. I'm on for an hour and a half. But uh, I, I say fuck. And I say shit, and I go boom, 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 and I get excited, and so I was trying to tune tune myself down, and my partner's out there. He's all, bro, if you look at the statistics of successful motivational motivationalists that are out there in the industry, forty six percent of them cuss and fucking talk like you. <laughs> And I'm like, I started thinking, yeah, I started thinking of these motivators. Who do I listen to? I listen to the guys that say, you know what? Just shut the fuck up for a minute and listen to this. Right? That catches my attention. Right? Or, or you know, they you know, they get upset and they're telling about their life. I fucking can't stand this. Or this happened to me. God damn. Yeah, but, you know, you, you, you just got to remember you're preaching to the, uh, the generation that got participation trophies and they have safe spaces and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, uh, then, those, then they could take my course or not. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah, but you might. But you want to be invited to the next one, right? Real motherfucker. That's <laughs> Soil King gets canceled. <laughs> Wait, what did I type in here when I first I changed it instead of Soil King? It was motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the motherfuckers, I know, I took that back out. You know, my my oldest brother, when he was, uh, he, he, he had a card he carried around in his wallet. It was a card, he was a card-carrying member of the Redneck Motherfuckers Club. <laughs> and I, I, and I, think, I think you could be a part member of the Redneck Motherfuckers Club if you wanted to. I think I'm more of the hillbilly hippie. You know, Mendocino, <laughs> Humboldt County, hillbilly hippie club, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And in current affairs, Snoop Dogg literally just quit smoking weed. It's all over the 
cannabis news, like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah but there was something uh, about him reading a, he, he was after he heard a Mendo dope song. <laughs> Why don't you ask what Pat thinks about it and we might get something out of it. Do you know anything about it? I didn't hear you're after a Mendo Dope song. I remember when Snoop came up and we met him up in Northern California, though, and he was smoking some NorCal weed. He said, oh, shit, this is different, isn't it? And I'm like, bam, yeah, it's different. Mendo Dope posted right here. It says, after hearing the track, I doubted by the Mendo Dope family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my fellow dopers as they take my spot on Mount Cushmore. Dude, Snoop Dogg. That's a manipulated meme, dude. Oh, it is? Yeah, they're, they're, they're just, like, just exploiting it. Yeah, everyone's doing that. Got it. Dog smokes more than me? I Those are my nephews, man. But maybe he didn't. No, he did, definitely. Yeah, but I don't know nothing about it. public announcement. He did? Yeah. But he's like, done that before, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. There's a, there's a bunch of celebrities jumping on this now. Hey, no, I tell you what I can say to this is let him do what he wants. I'm happy for him. Like, that's sure. all. Awesome. You don't want to, if you make a decision not to smoke weed, you don't lose your legend OG status. That right. mother. Exactly. I respect the game. I, I was just talking about this morning. I need to clear my head for 30 days and see if I can do it. And I'm like, well, I have to go through Christmas. I have to go through Thanksgiving. No, I'm not going to do it now. But it's a thought, right? It was, it was a, it's a thought. So respect the game. The other thing I heard on it, too, is he just came out with a THC hemp vape line. And so that could be a play, too, is where now he's going to start smoking hemp instead of THC products. That was a thought too. I'm not calling it. I'm not. You know the thing about the thing about us 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 tokers have always been. It's like you offer somebody a hit if they don't want it, you just you're fine with it. We've always been fine with people who don't smoke. It's not like you got to get drunk with us. It's not like you got to do drugs with us. It's like everybody gets to be individualistic and do what makes them comfortable, you know? And this is a really good topic to carry this next one on. What makes a stoner a stoner? This is misconception at its best. If a soccer mom wants to smoke some weed or smoke her vape pen at night, she doesn't can't be peer pressured. You don't smoke weed. You're not in our industry. Go fuck yourself for saying that. You don't have, there's no qualification of how much. You don't have to dab fucking isolate to be in our industry. You don't have to, you know what I mean? You don't have to get up in the morning and see how right. many. You don't That's have what to, I mean. It's not a competition. Hit. Like that doesn't make you a stoner. That kind of makes you stupid, to be honest with you. It's not a competition. It's not a competition, man. It's not, you know? You know, you may, I, I remember there were times in my life when I enjoyed smoking bowls that contained an eighth of weed in it. And I would suck that thing down through a seven chambered bong and about three hits. And, and that's what I did. I smoked a, a lot of weed. <laughs> but nowadays, I do that same thing, but one hit at a time. One little toke at a time, you know? Uh, as, so my, this is one thing I teach uh, students, especially Ganja, is the smoke, right? I, I'm a doobie guy. I like to smoke a joint. I like to roll a joint. I like to smoke a joint. The reason I used to take the bong and, you know, plaster the lighter on it and flame it and suck as hard as I can to have iron lugs and shoot it down in the water. But what is that really doing? Okay, so that's heating up. That's, that's heating it up out of. So the, exactly. So the reason I like smoking a joint is once you light that joint. <coughs> cherry on the end of it and it's you know far away from your mouth now the the terpenes 
when you're dragging on it, are heating and decarving at different temperatures. And if you know anything about terpenes, like I would also teach my students to we smoke pure cannabis terpenes and then pure isolate, right? And we see the difference. And everybody's afraid of 99% THC or 96% or whatever THC. All of them are more afraid of hitting that thinking they're going to get fucked up. But when you get a good cannabis terpenes, terpenes only, and you take a hit off that, you are getting fucked up for about five or ten minutes, and then you're coming back. It's the entourage effect of terpenes on top of the entire plant, on top of the THC that work together is the reason why I smoke the way I smoke. I love, I love my bong, Patsy. I love joints too, but... I like the uh, I like the ash to end up in the water instead of in my lungs. Uh, that's yeah. Well, I mean I, that doesn't happen with me with a doobie. Of course it does. You inhale ash every time you take a hit off a doobie. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm trying to save face on that one. <laughs> but, so you never ever you barely ever see me smoking a joint down to the roach. I'll never. Yeah, I smoke about it's, the way I put it out. The only time I smoke it down to the roach. If it's that fucking good, and I can tell you, one of the one of the flavors I do like smoking down to the rush is the white thorn rose, man. I do. I like that, and I'll smoke it all the way down to the rush. It's all good for you, man. I love smoking joints, bongs, whatever. I just, uh, I seriously, I I am amazed at how little weed I get through the day on now. I, I, I probably smoke. A couple of grams of weed a day. That's about what I'm smoking right now, I'd say. You know? And I but I smoke all day long. I wake up in the morning and I take a bong hit. But I just I just like this this one bowl, this one little bowl lasts me a third of a day. <laughs> yeah, it's hardcore. That's not the Kyle I remember. <laughs> no, because like you, I'm getting stuff done. So I take a hit or two and then I'm off. And I go and I run. And I used to I used to always have a joint in my hand when I went out in the car and did that and everything. And I've just, you know, I've mellowed out a little bit. I stay stoned for sure. I just, and then when I'm with people, that's a whole different story. Like if you and I were to hang out, we would smoke <laughs> joint after joint after joint. You know we would. Yeah, we can do, we do that. But that's a different atmosphere, right? We're, we're different. On the weekends, like today, I've been smoking weed. On Saturday, I went to a meeting. I didn't smoke weed before I went to a meeting. I smoked after a meeting, just out of respect for the meeting. But um, I, can, I can tell you that I, I'm, I'm, I'm filling out applications for cultivation for, you know, all these different licenses. I'm running, I'm dealing with attorneys. I'm, I'm dealing with real shit on a real level that I can't make a mistake on. And I can't smoke weed and handle that, right? And SOPs, I can't deal with any of that stuff. There's a time and place. My biggest asset is in between my ears. My brain goes crazy. On, I mean, I haven't worked for somebody in 24 years. Right. I've, I've supported myself. I've, I've built a developer from taking raw land, naming streets, building subdivisions, everything all in my brain. And so I had to shut this motherfucker off because it becomes my worst nightmare at the end of the day. Well, keep it going. Keep, keep that brain sane. Kudos on staying away from the juice because that's just fucking poison. Yeah. Smoke as much weed as you like. And every now and then. When you and Amy are token, make sure you invoke the name of Cushman. You're always us. We talk about you. I lot. miss you both. So, just can't thank you enough, Pat. You, you know, uh, you're a legend in the community for those who know. And um, 
You just keep doing you. And thanks for coming and being on Gua. Gua. <laughs> Growers that know. <laughs> Patrick King, that was fun. Well, what can I tell you? Thank you for everybody for joining us. And we'll have another episode soon. Don't forget, you can drop your questions at www.homegrowncannabiscode.com slash podcast. And maybe I'll answer your question on the next podcast. Until then, don't forget, guah!